Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So this week's episode is a guest episode. I have Athea Salter, who is a manifestation coach and loves all things manifestation. And her and I had such a fun conversation that really dived deeper into manifestation, some awesome methods for you to try, learning more about her journey and talking more about the power and the importance of manifestation and how it can just overall be very beneficial in your life. And it's funny, as I'm recording this short opening segment, I want to say that it is a full moon right now and something that I do as a part of my full moon routine is that I do a manifestation oracle reading for myself and so I had asked the question what manifestation goals do I need to know between this full moon up until the new moon in Sagittarius and I was told by the cards that I just need to go wild and I really liked that because that kind of lets me do whatever I want to do in order to achieve my manifestation goals. And if it means to go crazy and to really focus on what I want to do and to take that action to get there, then I'm going to do that. And I really resonated with it. And so I just had to include that since we're going to be on the topic of talking about all things manifestation. But yeah, that is something that I do with a part of my full moon ritual. I have like this whole routine and I desperately needed this full moon to get here because I had so much releasing that I had to do. And a full moon is typically about releasing things and letting go and Let me tell you, there were a lot of things that I just needed to release and let go in my life. And so I basically just did what I had to do to attune to the full moon and work my magic. And I'm already feeling a lot better about it. But I definitely think now would be a good time to dive on into the interview with Athea. I promise you will not be disappointed and it's going to leave you wanting to learn more about manifestation. So with that, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Hello, Athea. Welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm also doing well, just kind of wrapping up my work day, but I'm so happy that it's finally November. I just can't believe it's already here and it's my birthday month, so I'm even more excited about it. Ah, congrats. Are you a Scorpio? I am. Scorpio season. Hell yeah. What is your sign? Uh, I'm a Libra, so I just had my birthday. You just had your birthday. Awesome. My sister is a Libra. And what's funny is like all of my best friends are Libras. So I guess I like the Libras. But it's funny because like yeah, air I know signs, about Scorpios too. I know. And it's funny because like air signs and water signs aren't really like compatible with one another. But I've always wondered if that was more in a romantic setting. But when it comes to mm. friends, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it's like a totally different story. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of Scorpio friends. It seems to be a good mix. Yeah, so far. <laughs> I, agree. I, I agree completely. 
Well, cool. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to talk all about manifestation, which is like one of my favorite topics to talk about, as I'm sure it is one of yours as well. But before we get into everything, I'd love for you to just tell everyone who's listening just a little bit more about yourself. So hi, I'm Afia. I am a mindset and manifestation coach. And really my work centers around helping women step into their power and stop playing small and create the extraordinary lives that they want to live. And I think there's something so exciting about that. And a lot of people come to me maybe at the beginning or even at the middle of their manifestation journey, feeling like they need to become someone else in order to manifest what they want. Um, when really the work I do with people is realizing that it's just about stepping into who you truly are. And I think there's such a power that comes from that. Yeah. What is like a little bit more of your coaching like? Like what do you typically do with your clients? Oh, it's all different things. It really depends on what we're doing. So uh, one of my favorite programs to run is Queen Energy, which is a three-week program. And we have three live calls during that. And then every every other day we'll have activities. And it's about stepping into your queen energy, stepping into your power. So we'll have like shadow work practices. We'll have like deep meditation, deep hypnosis. And it's really about um, embracing and embodying who you are as a person. Because I think often what can get left out of manifestation manifestation is the embodiment piece so it's like oh I'm Mm -hmm. doing all the things I'm saying all the things but are you really embodying that person who you who you are yeah absolutely it's more than just like saying this is gonna happen to me but it's like you actually still have to put in the work and I think that's like a big mistake that people make with manifestation wouldn't you say so too Absolutely. And I think it is a misconception that it's like, oh, I'll manifest it or manifest and take action as well. But it's like action is is part of manifestation. And if you're not taking the action, whatever that action looks like, then you are going to feel frustrated with the results. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that was something that I sort of learned the hard way when I first got into my manifestation journeys. I just felt like I had to just believe in myself. And then it was going to happen. And that's when I was like first introduced to the concept of the law of attraction, because that's how that first started out with me. And I feel like um, that can be a really common way for people to start dabbling and with like manifestation. But what they don't realize is that they miss like that underlying truth. It's like, well, yes, if you think it and you believe it'll happen. However, you got to take action. And when you believe in yourself as you're doing that, then it happens. Yeah, totally. The combination of like so many different pieces coming together and also kind of just like leaning into things, not taking things so seriously like, oh, I didn't take my action today or I didn't say my affirmations today or have I said things the right way? Am I doing things the right way? Rather than trying to do what's right or what's wrong, I always encourage my clients, my audience to move towards what's true. Make a decision that feels true for you in the moment. Lean into how can I learn to listen to my intuition more um, rather than feeling like you need to prove yourself or rely on those like external sources for the validation. Yeah, I I think that's a really good way of putting it better than how I would have worded it. <laughs> so um, this is a question that I ask everybody who comes on to my show. But what would you say is the biggest thing that you are mostly unapologetic about? Mm, I think just 
who I am. I feel like I'm so self-assured in a way that I haven't experienced previously in my life. Like I look back on my life like five years ago and I was like such a people pleaser. I really wanted people to like me. I I didn't know what I wanted in some aspects, but I wouldn't always voice that out loud. And now I feel like I have a really good relationship with boundaries. I know what I want from relationships in my life, whether that's family, friends, romantic relationships. And I am really unapologetic about saying those things, even if like before I'm like, oh, how am I going to be perceived? I think it makes my relationships both with myself and other people even stronger, being really grounded and unapologetic in who I am as a person, which of course is constantly evolving, but I feel, you know, really proud and really happy with where I am right now. I love that. And this is something that I've also said from time to time again on my podcast, like being unapologetic, like especially is about that self-awareness and being able to like share with the world that you are someone who knows what they want out of life and they're not afraid to go out and get it and also talk about it. And you'll be surprised at how so many people out there still struggle with the confidence to do that. It's like they know they want that, but they can't do it because they are scared. My goal is to really try to, I guess, motivate people to try to come out of that shell when they feel like the time is right, helping those like boost the confidence to unapologetically live that best bold life, to share with others that it's okay to know what you want and it's okay to embrace it and be proud of it. And those who aren't accepting of it are probably the ones who don't know how to do what you're doing. They lack that confidence and they project all of their insecurities onto you. And those are people that you really need to try staying away from. But if they really are people that you care about, then that's where you can always come in to help them. And I feel like there's still that lack of um, that concept where the unapologetic people who have found themselves aren't necessarily stepping in to help. Mm, I really love what you said about not only knowing what you want, but being able to voice that out loud. I feel like I had a couple of relationships in the past and one in particular that I'm thinking of. And I had this friend and whenever I would like share my dreams and stuff, she'd always shoot them down. I'm like, this person was never actually my friend. And so if you're scared to share things with people, Maybe question why that is. Is that because of your own fears and insecurities about like, oh, what will happen when I share it? Or people genuinely putting you down when you go to them with your dreams and ideas? And if that is happening, then that's something that you need to either have a conversation around or analyze whether you want that person to remain in your life. Yeah, exactly. And I think over the past few years, as I became stronger and more bold within like who I am and how I own who I am. I've come to realize like I've had to let go of friendships because I've had people try to push back on like what I'm doing. And of course, like it can suck to hear because it's like you've been my friend for so long and now you're all of a sudden having an issue with what I'm doing when I'm really not harming people or people completely misinterpret what you say. And I'm a Leo rising and I have a very, very strong Leo rising. And I think that's what's made me such a bold person and why I'm so passionate with my words. And, and it's not just because I'm a Leo, but it's just because like, that's just really who I am as a person in terms of like those personality traits. And some people just don't know how to handle that. And I just feel bad for people who just don't know how to handle 
big personalities just because it's like we're just out here existing and we know that like what we're doing is never with malicious intent and people always feel like we are being malicious. I really love that you shared all that with me. So I'd love to dive in to talking more about you and um, how your manifestation journey has been for you. So I guess the first question that I have in terms of that is, when did you start um, practicing manifestation and what that first looked like for you? I think I started first practicing it consciously in 2015, but obviously we, we are all manifesting all the time, but I didn't know that's what I was doing before then. But in 2015, I was in a network marketing company and my mentor Oof. at the time had shown me some um, personal development books and the secret documentary. And from there, it's just like a whole world had opened up to me and it really didn't feel like that out there to me when I had learned about it didn't really feel like oh this is so different from anything I've ever known I also grew up Buddhist so I felt like there were a lot of parallels between the concepts I was learning but from a more spiritual lens it's funny you mentioned your network marketing because I mean I could go on a whole tangent about network marketing and how awful that is I even have I've had anti-emilers on my podcast before I'm guessing you're not in it anymore right no, I'm not. But I had a positive yeah. experience. So, Well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you had a positive experience. So what was it um, for you that was like that turning point? And like, what were some methods that you started using to help with that journey? Definitely meditation has been a huge support on my manifestation journey and also, you know, personal healing journey. Meditation has been one of the tools that has allowed me to build a relationship with my intuition, build a deeper sense of personal connection, and also build a deeper connection with the universe as well. And I know there are a lot of misconceptions about what meditation actually is. And I know this because I used to hold those misconceptions as well. Growing up Buddhist, we would go to the temple to meditate pretty frequently, and it was something that I just hated to do. I mm -hmm. felt it was very challenging for me because I couldn't just think of nothing, which is what I thought meditation was at that point in my life. And later returning to meditation, I realized that meditation is not being devoid of thought. It's giving yourself that space for calmness, that space for presence. It's building that connection. And I think there's something so beautiful about that. And meditation doesn't necessarily need to be an hour, two hours sat in silence. It can be a 10 minute meditation. It can be going for a walk in the park. It can be those conversations you have with yourself in the shower. I think meditation can be so many different things. And it's just about what you find, you know, is your calling in that space. Yeah, I really like that you gave some specific examples of different methods of meditation because I used to also have that misconception that it was just sitting there in silent thought. And as someone with ADHD, that's just downright impossible for me. You can't convince me to have not a single thought running through my head. I would just laugh in your face. But um, I love that you gave like different options for that because – I do think that can really help people. I'm curious to know, what would you say were some other like misconceptions of meditation? Were there Was there anything else that like you experienced or noticed when you started um, practicing more meditation? 
Uh, I think another misconception is that there is a right or wrong way to do it. So people are worried to do it because they don't want to do it wrong or that it's only effective if you do it for a certain amount of time or that you're trying to get somewhere where it's, 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 it's not about trying to get somewhere rather than being. Being is just like it's ever present. So it's not like, oh, I'm doing my meditation to reach the destination at the end, but I'm doing my meditation just to be present with myself. I think that was a huge shift, especially for me. And I think the biggest shift for my clients is changing their relationship to number one, how long they need to meditate for. And number two, what what they're doing within that space. So they might be focusing on a mantra. They might be doing a guided meditation. Maybe it's music, maybe it's a tone. I used to meditate to techno music and I loved it. It can be, you know, you can really play around with it. And I think that's what makes it so special. Yeah. And what do your current meditations look like now? Like, can, can you walk us through that process? Like what that looks like for you? And typically, are there any things that you typically meditate on that maybe you're comfortable sharing with? Uh, so I meditate every morning. It's really important for me to do. Otherwise, my mind is just all over the place and I can't really focus on any thoughts. And in the morning, that meditation at the moment for me looks like a guided meditation, which is up to 15 minutes. Something I have been loving is meditations that focus on breath. So at the moment, I have been doing a lot of the four, seven, eight method, which is where you inhale for four hold for seven, breathe out for eight, and you do a few rounds of that. And then your body begins to regulate your nervous system and just really brings you to a state where your body is so calm that you can feel the shifts within yourself instantly. Because so often we're in that heightened state of awareness and our cortisol is spiked before we've even had a chance to truly get started in the day. So if you can go in and change that and regulate your nervous system first thing from when you wake up, the way you approach your day and the way that you feel in your day is completely different. And I'm also someone who is not afraid to, like if I'm having a day where I feel just a bit out of balance or I feel a bit off, quite often I will do something that I call resetting my day, which is where I'll essentially have another morning routine in the middle of the day and pretend I've just woke up and like, let's start again. You know, there's <laughs> that like, oh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you just go through the day like, oh, this has been like such a crap day. But you can choose to, okay, I'm not feeling like top of my game today. Let's just like take a moment to reset and try and get closer to how I actually want to feel and where I actually want to be. So that's what meditation looks like in the morning. Sometimes I will also do hypnosis. So I have my own hypnosis tracks I listen to. And I also listen to subliminal audios while I'm working. Um, nothing that I can hear the words in always once they're like super, super quiet. I will have those while I'm working or just walking around. Sometimes even when I'm watching TV, I'll have subliminal audios on in the background because you can't really hear them. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. You mentioned that you kind of do like a reset morning routine. So how do you typically do that reset? Is it more just like a mental thing or is there any like physical things that you have to do to get moving with that? Yeah, I will literally just pretend that I've just woke up. I will go sit down on the sofa. I'm like, okay, day's beginning. <laughs> um, put on my meditation. Maybe if I feel like I have a lot on my mind, I might even do some journaling. I also have affirmations programmed into my phone and my computer that pop up throughout the day. So my one that always comes up at midday is remember to breathe. And I'm like, 
at that point when I read that, I'm like, have I been holding my breath? Which is very easy to do. Have I been holding my breath? Have I been clenching my jaw? It's really just about becoming super aware of not only your mind, but how your body is behaving. And if your body is behaving in a way that feels closed off, feels really tight, feels really restrictive, then it's my job to begin the process of opening it back up and opening myself back up. What app do you use for your affirmations? Oh, just um, the calendar app on iPhone. Oh, really? So you just enter them yourself then? Yes. Yes, I do. Very cool. That takes lots of discipline. So for me, I sort of cheat. Like I app, I use this app called IM. Are you familiar with that one? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I like first found out about it on Instagram and I downloaded it onto my phone and I think it sends me like four affirmations a day. I get one around like 730, which is usually like when I'm waking up. So I get an affirmation like the first thing when I wake up, which I really like because typically I never wake up like, I don't want to say happy, but I'm always like, oh, I want to go back to bed because I'm just someone who really values sleep and I could sleep and sleep and sleep. It gives me that just like a boost of serotonin to like make me feel a little bit better once I start my morning and then I get one closer to lunchtime. I get one in the middle of the day and then I get one in the evening. So it's like a really good balance of just getting those affirmations in. But I also journal my affirmations down as well because sometimes like the affirmations that I'll get through my phone, I also need affirmations that come within myself. And while I love what comes through my phone, I also need to like write my own as well. And so I also really like to journal. I know you mentioned journaling is something you sometimes do. That is something that I do every day. And I've talked about this on a couple of episodes with some guests before, but you know, I'm going to say it again because I'm proud of what I do with my journaling, but I have like a journal where I'll write my manifestations down. I do gratitude. I practice my affirmations. And then I even do my daily tarot pool with that as well, along with a crystal of the day that I'm using to help with my chakras and balancing those out. And for me, that is kind of how I just kind of keep myself grounded and hold myself accountable to those manifestations. And if something didn't manifest throughout the week, it's because life happened and I wasn't not able to focus on it like I wanted to. And I think something that I need to stop doing is like treating manifestations like a goal as a week and making sure it's something that actually happens. Like it's an accomplishment, not a goal. Yeah, I think, you know, journaling can be really powerful. There are so many different ways to tap into that. And for me, it's always been a dynamic part of my routine where some months it'll be something that I do every day, some maybe even twice a day, and some months it's something that I'm doing more in between. I never want to get to the point with any practice where, or I even for my clients, you know, I never want them to get to a point where they feel like they're going through the motions rather than actually connecting with what they're doing. And then um, going back to the affirmation, something that I love about using the calendar app and adding in those affirmations that, you know, you're feeling connected with is that, for example, I have I have one that's uh, 11.05, I have one at 2 p.m., even before they go off at about 1.59 or about 2.04, my mind is already thinking the affirmation before it's even come up. So it's like so ingrained into who you are and your way of thinking, your way of believing. And then when you get to that point, you can either choose, yep, I want to continue going with this affirmation or, okay, let's reprogram another belief. So I think that's something really cool too. Yeah. When do you typically feel like you have to reprogram? Is it something that your mood has changed throughout the day or you feel like, 
it really didn't resonate with you like you thought it did when you had first entered it in your phone? The reason I usually change them is because I feel like I don't need to say it anymore. Like it's just become so much a part of who I am. Like I don't feel like I need to say it every day. Um, so I want to go for something else. It's like, you know, learning to ride a bike. And then I've like, oh, I've, I've learned now. So I want to go on to learning how to swim or something like that. So really it's about what support do I need at this moment in time? And if the support that I need feels different, I change my affirmations to, to align with that. That that makes sense, and that's completely fair. Um, I think that's really cool that you you sometimes change them because that is definitely something that I never really thought to do. <laughs> I'm curious to know what would you say has been like the craziest thing you've manifested, um, and then I'm also curious to know what your favorite thing is that you manifested. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's challenging because there have been so many amazing things. I think. Um, recently, just this year, I was in Europe for two months and I manifested a villa in Ibiza, a free stay in Ibiza with this woman who is a complete stranger who I'd met through a WhatsApp group uh, and ended up staying with her in this six bed villa in this beautiful area of Ibiza overlooking the sea. And just all the experiences I had that week were absolutely incredible and I I just look back on that experience so fondly. So I think that is one of my favorites, along with in 2019, I manifested a trip to Coachella as well with someone nice. who I'd met in a restaurant the night before. And it was something I was like, yeah, yes, I'm going to LA. I'm going to the Ellen Show before Ellen was problematic. I'm going to Ellen Show, I'm going to Coachella. <laughs> I kept saying this to people, although these things had not actually materialized, but I knew I was going to do them. Ellen Show was pretty easy. As soon as I got put in my kind of application that you do, I got a um, invite a couple of weeks later but with Coachella I'd actually arrived in LA I had nothing booked in I was like uh, for the amount of time I'm traveling is this really a smart financial decision and what had happened is I'd actually been really tired and going through a flare-up of my chronic illness endometriosis and that had led me to leaving one of my bags in the airport so I'd lost like a thousand dollars of stuff and I just oh gosh it. And I was really upset about it. So I was like, I'm just going to take myself out to dinner. Let's just like try not dwell on this. And at dinner, uh, someone had seen me like eat my food and asked what it was. And it looked really amazing. And she got chatting to me and we added each other on Instagram, but I didn't really think anything would come of it because, you know, you meet a lot of people, but you don't necessarily follow up with them. And the next day she had commented on one of my Instagram pictures like, hey, do you want to come to Coachella? And I was like, how much are you selling your tickets for? She's like, well, my friend actually just pulled out. So I've booked an Airbnb, rented a car. You don't need to pay for anything, but can you be ready in the next 24 hours? Wow. What year was that? 2019, beginning of 2019. Okay. I'm trying to think. Was that the um, was that the year that Beyonce performed at Coachella? No, I think Beyonce no. was maybe the year before. This one the was like before. Billie Eilish and – Oh, right, 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 right. No, that's so cool. I'm so jealous you've been to Coachella. That is something that I definitely have on my bucket list. It's definitely not a manifestation priority for me at this time, but I know like it is definitely something I want to do. Is it as crazy as like the influencers say it is? Like, I feel like there's always so much drama and craziness that goes on in Coachella. Or does it genuinely just feel like any other music festival? Like, I need to know the tea here really quick. (laughs) 
<laughs> I liked it, but I didn't love it. But I have been to a lot of music festivals around the world. So I, I think like um, as far as music festivals go, that it is very commercial. For example, this year I went to Tomorrowland and that is for sure one of my favorite festivals I've ever been to. Like the experience there was so different and definitely not as influencer heavy as Coachella is. So I definitely had a good time, but it's not a festival that I would hurry back to like some of the other ones I've been to. That's really cool. I know one of my favorite ways that I like to manifest aside from journaling, because I know we're talking about like things that we've manifested. I will say like the biggest thing that's really stood out for me in terms of manifestation are vision boards. Do you make vision boards at all? Yes, yes, I do. I love making vision boards and I actually have a masterclass all about the best ways to like infuse your vision board with that manifesting magic because again, vision boards, something else there are a lot of misconceptions around of like either it goes both ways of, oh, you know, it's just like some cute pictures or either, oh yeah, just put the pictures on there and everything's going to automatically manifest into my life. You know, there's both schools yeah. of thought. Exactly. So, and I definitely want to hear more about your um, thoughts and misconceptions with vision boards. Um, I was going to say, so I think like my most rememberable vision board was my 2021 vision board. I had put down so many things that I wanted to do because 2020, well, there were things that I accomplished on my 2020 vision board. just And that was like one of my worst years of my life. Um, and I'm sure it was a horrible year for many, many people. And I was really proud for accomplishing some of the things on that. I guess maybe I could start with that really quick. Um, I just think my 2021 is a little bit more memorable. But one of my goals was to go through um, a bikini um, competition. Like I do bodybuilding. I probably won't get back on stage until 2024. But I wanted to do this specific show in Lake Tahoe in California. And I was living in San Francisco at the time. So that was like three hour drive from me. And so I really wanted to do this show and I somehow managed to get through this seven month prep of no gym access because the gyms were closed in the Bay Area. I was using home weights. I bought a cardio bike to do cardio and everything was done at home. And it's like, if you had asked me if I were to ever prep for a competition, with just a couple of dumbbells, resistance bands, and a stationary bike, I would have laughed in your face being like, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to do well in this show. But it was the best package that I had ever brought to a stage. And I did walk home with a medal, which was really exciting. And I did work very hard for that. So that was something that I was really proud to manifest and to really work through that. Because I wasn't sure if that show was going to even happen because they pushed the date back. To, and it added six more weeks onto my prep. And I, at this point, I was like so ready to be done. I was ready to eat like more food again, but I just, I still pushed through it and it paid off. But when it came to my 2021 vision board, I had an unexpected turn of events where I left San Francisco and moved to Portland, which is where I still live now. And didn't, yeah, I didn't have that in my future whatsoever because I had made my vision board a couple of days before New Year's Eve. And that's typically when I like to make my vision boards. And so I was living in this cute little house with a roommate. And one thing that I had plans um, for my vision board on 2021, when I had made it still in San Francisco, I said, I will have my first studio apartment where I will no longer 
have a roommate anymore. And May 2021, I signed a lease on the studio apartment that I'm currently in now. And I've been living in this for a year and a half. And I never thought that I would ever be able to afford a studio apartment. And it's nice to know that Portland studio prices are so much different and so much better and cheaper than what a studio price would be in San Francisco. So I think that really helped a ton. But I managed to get like a really good deal on it. And that was something that had like really, really excited me. And another thing that I can remember from my vision board was, oh gosh, um, it's like I'm like looking at my current vision board. I'm like, no, it's it's not up there. That's still for 2022. I want to say was, oh, like YouTube goals that I managed to hit, which was really exciting for me because I kept manifesting it. And that was, I think, a manifestation goal that I had for 2020. And it didn't happen, even though I was putting the work in. And I was still trying to figure out like what the disconnect was as to when I was putting in the work, but I didn't accomplish what I wanted. So then I tried again. And I'm just wondering if maybe it had to do with the shift of moving to Portland, which kind of changed things for my YouTube channel and people became more interested in that. So yeah, I mean, I loved my 2021 vision board. I'm Gosh, I can't even remember some of the other things that I accomplished on it. I made a whole video on it, but it was really great to see that I accomplished a lot of great things on there. And I'm definitely excited to see what the last two months of this year brings because I know that there's still some things on my vision board that I would like to manifest. And I'm actually in the process of one of those now, which is helpful, but there's still more work to be done. Sorry, I know that was like a, a mouthful. No, very interesting to hear. Yeah, so I was curious to hear more about your opinions with vision boards. I know you absolutely love them as well. You do like a whole program with it. And you said that there's some other misconceptions as opposed to just like putting pictures on a cardboard paper, right? And then gluing them on and just hoping for the best, right? Yeah, I think that is a big one that people, you know, and then when things don't manifest, it's like, oh, well, I made the vision board. Like, why haven't things manifested? But there's so much more that goes into it than just like making a vision board. You actually have to connect with it, take action on those things, make sure those things resonate with you. And actually the five-step manifestation process I have, which I take my clients through, is based on a vision board which I had that didn't work out. And when I was reflecting on why that vision board didn't work, one of the things that was really apparent to me was that I had put so many things on there that I didn't actually want for myself, but I thought like I should want this or this is where I should be at in my life or this will look impressive for other people. But in terms of my own values, there, there were things on there that completely didn't align with who I was then and who I was moving to be. Do you have like a specific example of what that was? Because I, th- I think that's really interesting. Oh, so for example, um, a number of Instagram followers I wanted to have, number of Pinterest followers I wanted to have. Um, yeah, just some things in there that just, you know, they just don't really speak to me, don't really call me. And I think I maybe had been seeing other people having those and be like, oh, yes, this is this is what I want. But I didn't I didn't really want it on a deep level. Yeah, I don't manifest um, any social media followers just except for YouTube, just because that's something that I do hope to be full-time career for me because YouTube has been something that I've been working on for five years, over five years now. And I love what I do. And 
it's rewarding when you do hit those goals. And of course, like I'm always setting goals for myself as in terms of growth. But I definitely agree with you that like focusing on like Instagram followers and especially like with Instagram is just it's I feel like it's kind of dying. And I do I think reels can help you grow again. Sure. But it's still so hard to grow on Instagram. And I feel like the algorithm is just absolute trash. So it's like I just gave up on caring about growing my Instagram. It's like YouTube is like the only thing that I will focus on just because that's what I care about. That's going to bring me the income, not Instagram. So I just I I gave up on that. So I, I totally feel you with that. Yeah, I hear you. I've completely changed my relationship with Instagram over the past six months. Like it's just it's very interesting for me to observe it from. I also studied like digital marketing at university. So from like a theoretical perspective, a personal perspective, a business perspective, I'm like, this doesn't really align for me in the way that it used to and changing my relationship with it to be something like, oh, I have to be here. I have to be doing this too. What do I actually want to be doing for myself? Yeah. I remember 2018, I took this like coaching course. I won't say who it was with, but she was just not nice to her clients. Like, here's the thing. I'm all about like giving tough love approaches, but no, she was so like the, she was so rude with the way she talked to her clients. Like she was really condescending. And if like we were struggling or had concerns about something, she would be very belittling to us. And she was saying, well, you're not engaging enough. You need to be posting every day. You need to have an aesthetic feed. I felt like I got trauma from that because I still feel ingrained to do like an aesthetic feed. And I will say like, I do like the aesthetic feed. I know like it's dying, but because of like her teachings really like gave me some sort of trauma. But I will say over time, I said, you know what? I'm not going to post every day. Sometimes like I don't want to post or there's nothing for me to post about. And I'm just going to post when something interesting and valuable comes up to the people who are already following me. And I've been able to maintain my followers that way because when I was engaging and engaging and engaging, yes, I grew a little bit. I got a little over 2,000, which was still pretty small. But then I lost 500 of those people. I mean, people's interests change, of course. But those relationships that I build, they felt really fake. Like I didn't want to feel like I had to force engagement and build these fake relationships by saying like I'm being genuine when really it was seriously just trying to get people to stick around. And to me, that's just so inauthentic. Mm, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, and just speaking of like inauthenticity and gimmick stuff, I'm curious to know, do you think that there are like any manifestation methods out there that are really gimmicky? And I'm also really curious to know about uh, your thoughts on the whisper method, because I keep seeing this all over TikTok and it's so fascinating. And I kind of tried it and I'll share that experience with you after this. But I, I want to know all your thoughts on like gimmicky manifestation methods and the whisper method as well. So for me, especially when it comes to things like relationships and manifesting a partner, I think there's a lot of harmful information out there, especially on TikTok about oh, manifesting yeah. your ex-partner back. I find it very damaging and harmful, specifically as it is a younger audience on there. And I think when we're manifesting things, we have to think about the nature 
of that relationship. And I always say to people, like, if you feel like manifesting gen- as a general, as an overall, I never say to people to manifest an X bag, but with a caveat of if you feel like you couldn't just have a conversation with this person about your relationship and how you truly felt about them, and you have to do something like inadvertent commas sneaky in order to like pull them back into your life that they don't know about and you're doing it shrouded in secrecy to me that's problematic and it says more about the relationship that I need to build with myself more about how open our relationship was I can't have a conversation with this person than it does about like oh I just need to find the right manifestation method to call that person back into my life so I think there are a lot of manifestation practices particularly the, the main area that I see on TikTok is around like manifesting exes back or like even it's like they're now in a relationship. This is how to get rid of a third party. I'm like, what? No. Why? Why are you saying this to people? That just to me like blows my mind. <laughs> I have shared my thoughts. And on it this, feels like, like manipulative in a way too. Yeah, exactly. Like if someone, if I learned that someone was doing this, like for me, trying to win me back into their lives this way, I would honestly be quite concerned so yeah I and in terms of other like gimmicky methods um to be honest it depends on like the relationship that you have with things so I think if you're so there are certain things that I don't find myself particularly drawn to like for example there are methods where you write things a certain number of times and over and over again for a number of days personally that doesn't appeal to me because I am someone who craves excitement and joy and that feels very repetitive and boring. So that wouldn't really work for me. But if to you, that sounds really exciting, it resonates with you, it's coming from a really empowered place, then your relationship with it, your approach to it is going to be way more positive than mine would be. So if it's something that you're like, oh, yes, I'm excited to do this. Yes, this feels like this could be fun or enjoyable or a good project for me to follow, then yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter if it seems like kind of gimmicky to other people. It's all about your personal relationship to it and no um no two people are going to have the exact same way of calling something into their life and manifesting something into their lives it goes back to like learning more about yourself and the way you operate the way even you know I did my NLP certification and a lot of that is about the way that you process information are you a visual person are you an audio person are you a kinesthetic person I learned from even back at school, back at uni, that the way that I processed information was quite different to the way that a lot of my friends processed information. And when I have a vision board, for example, I don't actually visualize those pictures. I think about concepts in my head mm-hmm. rather than seeing those images. And when I was telling my friend about that, she's like, no, I'm actually seeing the pictures. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know anyone was doing that. So it's so interesting. We all work in such different ways. And what works for someone else might not necessarily work for you, but you mm-hmm. have to see like how you feel about something and what your relationship to those things are. So that was a bit of a long-winded answer. But to summarize, like, yeah, there are a lot of gimmicks out there. And as long as they're not harmful or manipulative, or they make you feel weird about them but you feel like you have to do them yeah absolutely go for them just check in and see how you feel when you're doing these things you mentioned how with the with the whole vision board thing it comes back to some people process things differently because you say you you process the concept some people process the pictures I feel like I have a small mix because like I keep my vision board hanging on my wall because I like using it as like an accountability thing because that's kind of how I see a purpose of a vision board to push you to do the things that you need to do to remind you what you need to manifest, right? And so I see those visuals every day. Like I'm looking at it, I see the visuals that represent different things 
But in my mind, like I always am thinking about my vision board and the things that I want to accomplish in a year. And then I will see specific things that will trigger me that are not necessarily the pictures on my board. Like one example that I am trying to work on this year is being able to master um, all 78 um, cards from the tarot deck. And this time last year, I was struggling with memorizing cards and learning that. And I can tell you like this year, I am a lot better with tarot. And of course, there's still more work to be done. But when I'm like, using my tarot cards, I think back to my vision board and like the concepts. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm learning and I'm more confident. Like this time last year, I was looking up what this meant. There's visual stuff, but there's also things where I'm like, I'm always thinking about the things and the concepts of what I need to do to make sure that those happen, because those are like the most important things that I want to manifest. So I feel more fulfilled if that makes sense with what I was trying to say. Yeah, that makes, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then I was also curious to know your thoughts about the whisper method. Personally, for me, I do find it, it's not something that I would do or recommend for my clients to do. But again, going back to like, if you have a good relationship with that, personally, I feel like, you know, whenever it comes to another person that I would rather manifest a space of open communication and the space of trust rather than using a method like that. I feel like I've had unhealthy relationships and I've had healthy relationships. So I know what the differences feel like. And I know right now that I could, you know, even pick up the phone and text some of my ex-partners and we could have like a normal conversation. And so I feel like it's more important to build that kind of environment and to manifest a a space for the both of you rather than the whisper method. Personally, for me, that's my personal opinions. But if other people use it and love it, that's that's for them. Yeah, no, I think that's completely fair. I was going to just say like for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what the whisper method is, basically it's kind of when you get into a meditative state and you're thinking about a specific person and you are maybe like imagining them they're sleeping or they're there in just your meditation, your meditative state and you walk up to them and you whisper something a few times in their ear like in this meditative state and then you wait like either the next day or two for something to happen so that's what that is but uh two days ago I wanted to try it but it was for like a different reason and so this is like a non-manipulative thing because I can see how this can come back to like that whole manipulative thing when it involves people this had to do something with my dreams and so there is this character i won't get into too much detail about it but there's just this character that has persistently showed up in my dream and it's created like some sort of unhealthy um obsessive thoughts regarding this character and i don't want to say like this dream is a nightmare but it's just always appearing right and so what i wanted to do was like i just i want this character to stop showing up in my dream so i tried to do the whisper method on this character and the past two nights they haven't they haven't been in my dreams so I'll just I'll just leave it at that (laughs) that's all I'm gonna say but to me it was sort of wild even though it's like a a made-up character and it still somehow worked on that I, I just I don't know I think also a huge part of uh, manifestation is the relationship between signs. So semiotics is the study of signs. And within semiotics, 
there's this kind of recognition that a sign is a sign because we give it meaning. So the only reason we all know a tree is a tree is because we have collectively agreed this is a tree. Yeah. And when we go outside, we know that's what that means. So for manifestation methods, if we have this belief, like something was going to work when I do this, this is going to get rid of my character. Of course, that's going to end up getting rid of your character because it's about the belief, not the method itself. It's about how you connect with that and the relationship that you have with that. Again, like even for other signs. So for example, one of the signs I have in my life is when I see money on the ground, doesn't matter whether it's like $2 or $50, I know that that means I'm going to hit whatever income goal I've set. That doesn't mean the same to anybody else, maybe for some people, but it's rather anyone else is going to connect with that sign. But when I see money on the ground, I get super excited about it. I'm like, yes, income goal. But it only means that because that's the meaning that I've attributed to that. So whatever your signs are or things that you hope to appear in your life, they only mean something because of the level of belief, the level of veracity that we've attributed to things. And you can do that with with pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think it's probably something within the subconscious then? Yeah, absolutely. Man- I mean, manifestation is like 90% a subconscious process. That's true. That That's very true. Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting how that happened. Uh, but obviously, this is something that I don't plan on using often. It was just something that I felt like could actually be a good time to use this method because to me it did seem a little gimmicky at first and I wanted to try because I thought like okay if I try it for this one situation I think I think I'm okay and comfortable enough to try it so so far it's it's helped but we'll see how the rest of the week goes and then otherwise I will kind of circle back and figure out what else I need to do to retrain my brain so this is not happening because it just I'm like I'm so over it at this point so I have like two more questions that I wanted to ask you but what would you say like we've been talking about manifestation and how it's improved our lives how would you define manifestation to improve someone's life like why do you think people should start practicing manifestation more I think we should start practicing it more because it's something that we are all doing already. So to build a conscious relationship with something that has been subconsciously happening in your life for however many years you've been alive, right? For me, that's 29 years. And to build a relationship that's been happening be 20 years before I started building a conscious relationship, it just allows you to operate differently within the world and to to gain more from your experience on this planet. And I think why why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want to learn more about yourself? Why wouldn't you want to bring into your life things that you want to experience, to have, the people that you want to be around? I think that's such a gift and such a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess without like obviously revealing anyone or anything, but what are some like significant changes you've seen from your clients where they've come to you and talked about how it's improved their life? Do you have like any testimonials or examples that that really stand out to you for that? Yeah, so I have a mastermind program and seeing the transformations within that program is always really special because I'm working with someone over a period of minimum six months so to see from the beginning of that six months to that middle end of that six months and a couple of my clients from that I've seen one client she's now helping other people tap into their spirituality and their manifestation practices I have another client who is a mom and she's just having a deeper relationship with the people in her family feeling deeper connected to the work that she's doing and 
I think one of the things that most stood out to me in the testimonial that um, she wrote for me was like, you've helped me to believe in myself and there's nothing more powerful than that. And that's how I feel about manifestation. It's like, yes, we can manifest these things and these experiences and money and dream home, but the relationship you have with yourself is is the most important thing. How you feel about yourself is the most important thing. And if I can help just one person change that, it not only changes what they have with themselves, it ripples out into everyone around them who's then going to ripple into other people, onto other people, onto other people. Like energy is a very real thing and the energy mm-hmm. that we put out there is a very real thing. And so you may not see in the day-to-day the direct results of what you're doing, but it does come back around. And for example, something for me is like, I love telling people how good they look. So I will go up to strangers and I'll be like, oh, your outfit is amazing. Like, you yeah. look so hot. Like, oh, you look so great. And, you know, like in the moment they might be like, oh, thank you. Or but you never see like the long-term results of that. And then the other day, actually, I had someone come up to me and I was like, I'd just come out of the gym and I... <laughs> I'd had a personal training session and I was so hungry afterwards I went to McDonald's so I have like my massive McDonald's bag I'm in my like gym outfit and then someone came up to me and was like you look incredible you look amazing you're my gym inspo and I was just like oh, my day so while you were eating McDonald's like, yes <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really not the poster girl for the gym right now but thank you that's um, so funny so yeah, and and that's actually started happening to me more regularly. And obviously I don't give people compliments because I'm like, haha, this is going to get me two times compliments in return. I just do it because like I feel cold too. But seeing how those little things make me feel and how I'm experiencing it more frequently now, it's just so, so interesting. And that's an example of how you can begin to see it come back around. But often, most of the time, you're, you're never really going to know the true extent of the people that you've impacted. And I think it's it's really special that you can see that with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I first moved to San Francisco, something that I really picked up on people is that the people in San Francisco are very perceptive and they can really pick up on your vibe, your attitude, your energy. And I remember I came into moving San Francisco so excited, so happy to be there because I had visited before my last year of grad school with my family. And I just, I fell in love with the place, fell in love. It had everything that I needed and wanted in a place to live. So I manifested, like, you know, I was going to make it my mission to eventually get to San Francisco, find a job there. And after I had graduated grad school, I was unemployed for five months. And then beginning of October, 2016, I got an offer letter I moved to San Francisco and I like broke down crying. I was like, oh my God, I really did it. I'm actually moving to San Francisco. And so once I was there, again, just showcasing just like how excited I was to be there, like it really rubbed off on people and they were able to just pick up on like my positive outlook because people tend to have a lot of negative opinions and outlooks on San Francisco these days, which makes me so sad. I had a really positive experience there. I felt like people were really nice there. And I just really think it just had to do with just like how happy I was to like be with, to be in a place that I absolutely loved and that I was making the most of the situation. And I do believe that you really do get what you put out into the world. You totally do. And yeah, yeah I, oh, I didn't realize people had so many negative opinions about San Francisco. I've always thought it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. They always want to focus about like the homelessness and mm. the drugs and the crime. And it's like, come on, San Francisco is more than just the Tenderloin and Soma and downtown. Like there are so many great safe neighborhoods 
where none of that happens. And stop talking about the homeless people the way that you're talking about them. People tend to really vilify homeless people. Some of them truly are just out there just existing, just trying to live their life and get by. And it just really irks me with how some of them are treated like they're terrible human beings when they're not. But I know we're kind of getting towards the end of our call. But the last question that I wanted to ask you is, what would you say are some of the best ways or things someone can do to get started with their manifestation journey? And you're more than welcome to shamelessly plug yourself here too. (laughs) Yeah, I think subconscious manifestation is something that I really encourage people to to dedicate some time into learning about. We think so much of manifestation is a conscious process, like I know that I want this, this is what I'm gonna do. But you also have to dedicate that time to understanding what your subconscious beliefs, thoughts, patterns, actions, behaviors are. Because if we don't explore those things that are happening subconsciously, it doesn't matter how much conscious attention and awareness you're putting into what you want, there are still gonna be these things running running in the background. So. I think it's really important to explore that. And I do have a free masterclass on the power of subconscious manifestation, which I'm sure will be in the link for the show notes. It will. But I really, yeah, it will. There you go. It will be in the link in the show yeah. notes. But, you know, when you hear when you hear terms like shadow work, this is the kind of work it's talking about. It's like the shadow is the subconscious of your mind. So what is happening in the subconscious of your mind and how can you build a relationship between the conscious and subconscious? I would find it really irritating when people say your ego is not your amigo and your ego is so bad because people are then vilifying this part of themselves or Mm -hmm. your only competition is yourself like I don't believe that we should be vilifying any part of ourselves or seeing it as a good versus evil battle and even the term shadow can cause a lot of people to think it's like this really dark horrible part of myself that needs to stay hidden but the only reason it is called shadow work is because these parts of ourselves we're not yet aware of when Carl Jung who's a psychologist who came up with the concept of the shadow self was talking about it he was talking about what is not yet known so when you can bring your light i.e your awareness to that it doesn't have to be a dark scary place and it actually becomes really beautiful to learn more about whether it is um limiting beliefs or traumas to have that power over this is what I think this is what I feel this is what I believe and is this what I actually want to carry with me moving forward or or do I want to write a new story? So that's a little bit of what we explore inside that masterclass and how you can begin to take steps to understanding more about the way that you're currently subconsciously manifesting so you can move forward. And I would also say manifestation is really about who you're being as well. And it's about bridging that gap from who you are to where you are to where you want to be. And I think a huge part of that that often gets left out is is the being part, is the embodying. If you say you want to manifest your dream house, are you being the kind of person that would live in your dream house? You want to manifest your dream relationship? Are you just relying on this other person to come into your life and to fill all of these um, voids that you feel or are you satisfying yourself here and you're wanting another person to come into your life to add to your life not because they're going to complete your life so these are the kind of questions that I think we can ask ourselves to make sure that we are feeling really empowered in the work that we're doing in the way that we're existing and 
you know, and we've talked about a lot of different areas in this episode and maybe you're feeling like really excited by this or maybe you're feeling like there's so much to know, but, you know, come back to this episode, listen as many times as you need to reach out to either of us on Instagram via the DMs. I'm sure we'd be more than happy to to help you answer some questions. And as I said, there's that masterclass there as well. And, you know, if you've enjoyed hearing from me, you like my voice, you'd like to hear the sound of more of it. I also have a podcast, the Manifest Edit podcast, um, new episodes every Wednesday. We talk all things mindset, manifestation, travel in there as well. Um, oh yeah. And then my Instagram is afiazelta underscore. Wonderful. It's like you knew what I was about to say next. You have any socials? Where can people find you? But now I don't have to ask that. <laughs> maybe Intuition, you're all, maybe, I was gonna say maybe you're just psychic. I don't know. But no, yeah, I will have all of um, her social handles and links to Athea's masterclass and her podcast in case you want to listen and hear more about manifestation in greater detail and other concepts and other stories that she has like i'm i definitely will have to take a listen to some of that stuff cuz like i i love manifestation and it's really helped me just have a different outlook on life and really helps me stay grounded and i love raising my vibration and for me like manifestation has been the biggest thing to help me with that yeah absolutely and i just wanted to add one last point there is that often looking online you may see people manifesting all of these things and these experiences. And I know that it can seem like maybe manifestation is only for a certain type of person or it's only for privileged people or people who've had a step up in life. And I want to say that although your privilege changes, your beliefs, your outset and your relationship to things, just because you feel like you're starting in a different place as someone else or you've had a different background or, you know, you have had more of a challenging upbringing doesn't mean that manifestation can't work for you. It may just be a bit of a different path for you or a bit of a longer path for you, but these things are absolutely still possible. And it's all about, you know, what you choose to do moving forward. And that is all we can ultimately control. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought that up in like place of privilege and then also just talking about how some things just require a bit of a longer path. And that is something that I experience. It's like that maybe this isn't your time yet and you still have more manifesting to go. And I look back on it now and that could be an, another reason as to why I didn't hit that subscriber count goal like I wanted to in 2020. But then I hit it in 2021 because there were still some other things that I needed to work on and reflect on for it to come full circle. And I I think that's so important. And I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that because I probably would have forgotten to think about that. This has been so fun and I have sincerely enjoyed having you on the show. I feel like this was such a fun episode and we talked about like a lot of cool things and I hope that so many people who are listening will go to your podcast to learn more and sign up for your course and just, you know, become part of this little manifestation community that's going on out here in the world. So thank you so much again, Afia, for coming on. It's been such a pleasure having you. And it has been such a pleasure being here. Absolutely. And guys, if you ever have like an unapologetic experience you want to share with me or maybe something that you recently manifested that you want me to read out on an episode, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 
shamelessly unapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode.